0: a really quick shout out real quick
1: please let's go Yankees chase for 28 really true quick. not
0: that odd that's like room temp take but that's alright Oh, where's Shohei gonna go obviously I'm no GM or no major
1: league baseball owner but if I were as always go Ems I can pronounce it however I want until he tells me personally when he comes and joins the pod as a friend of the pod. what's good everybody
0: It's your boys. Still boys because there's multiple of us, but maybe we're feeling a little light tonight. So I don't know. We'll get into that in a little bit. But this is the Broken Bat Podcast. We appreciate you guys stopping by, checking us out. We're here to talk baseball, every team, every player, not necessarily in every episode, but we're always mixing around, keeping it fresh, talking about the things that people want to listen to. Um, So if you have opinions, we're on social media. Share those opinions with us. Reach out to us. Let us know what your opinions are. Let's talk. We love to engage in some baseball conversation. So if you're wanting to do some of that, I'm going to kick it off to Peter, and he's going to let you know where you can find us so we can have that friendly conversation, maybe some heated arguments, maybe some, maybe some things get thrown around and someone gets kicked off Twitter. I don't know. Couldn't be me. I won't do it. But you know what? If you're an
1: Astros fan,
0: I have some history with that. So, anyways, Peter, take it away.
1: Uh, Screw the Astros. Let's just start there. But we are on Instagram and Twitter, the Broken Bat Pod, no spaces. Uh, uh, Like J-Rob said, we love to get some takes out on there, you know, back and forth, hear people's opinions, sometimes unfortunately upset. Tigers fans, which we don't mean to. Astros fans, we do mean to because you guys are the worst. But, you know, that we're there. We love to interact, be, you know, try to put up some polls, get some engagement, see how the people are feeling. Uh, we also have an email you can reach out to us. You can talk shit about the Mariners. It's not going to match Casey's level, but it's gmail.com Also, if you want to see the two beautiful faces tonight, because as J-Rob touched on, we are down a man right now. Shout out Casey out in the Pacific Northwest. I hope you just watch your team get absolutely smacked by the Evil Empire, the greatest team ever to exist, the New York Yankees. But hope you have a good time watching your team lose. Um, so, you know, we're down, but we're we're here. We're still here to give some takes. We're here to have a good time. J-Rob, you go ahead and start it off today. You're usually Casey's role, but we'll let you take over.
0: Yes. You know what? I feel awkward because this is not, yeah, my usual – I don't know what to say here, honestly. So what I'm going to start with is if you are watching us on the tube, YouTube – I have my beautiful Nolan Arenado jersey hanging up behind me. Got to represent. Love that man. Um, you know what? I think Pete actually, Nolan Arenado, I don't even know if he's actually on like any social media because I think I've tried to tag him before and I can never find like his handle or anything. But I'm going to find that out for sure because if he is on social media, he is the next person. I'm going to get to like... Have contact with
1: us. The actual like, real friend of the pod.
0: Yeah, be well. Like Wilson okay. Contreras. If you guys, this is the first time you're joining us. We made a real. I was just giving Wilson Contreras all the love in the world because he has been a true cardinal. He fights, like he's there to battle, and he plays with a lot of passion. And I appreciate that. So I was giving him the love he deserved, and he said. Essentially thank you and I almost literally cried. So it was phenomenal and I want that with Nolan Arenado because he's also phenomenal and plays a lot of passion. That those are the players I love, but then also on the other end, Paul Goldschmidt love that man and that guy does not play with passion. Well, okay. He share or he shows his passion in a lot different way. He's a quiet, puts his head down, just battles but that guy's out there raking and he's working every day or whatever. It just, he expresses it in a different way than especially Wilson Contreras, but even Nolan Arenado. So I I just, I love the Cardinals, obviously. So speaking of the Cardinals, staying on that train, we're going to keep heading down those tracks. Cardinals are, they were hot for a minute. They obviously were terrible to start the year. We all know it, but it's, in the mirror, rear view mirror at this point, but Cardinals started, what, like 10 and 23 or something? I don't know for sure, but worst start since 1973, almost worst start since like 1908 or something ridiculous. But they've turned it around. They're currently, this is Sunday night, May 28th that we're recording. They currently sit fourth in the division, only five games back from first place. So we're pretty, like, I don't want to say we're right there. But we're not that far behind, is my point. Yeah, five games back, 24 and 31 record. I did have hopes at one point to say by the end of May, the Cardinals would be like 500, which that is not possible. The best they could finish, because I'm pretty sure they're off Wednesday, is 26 and 31. But they're making big strides for where they were.
1: So. Yes, that's a big gap already. That, I mean, you guys have already made up a significant amount of games, which yeah. is, yeah, we were talking, they were literally the worst team in the all of the NL yeah. for a little bit there. So, yeah, already obviously making some moves like we expected. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> what the hell is happening? It's just so weird to see the Cardinals. Literally never in either of our lifetimes have they done that. Like, they just – that's what it's – so, I mean – Not to throw shade since Casey's not here, but that's what's (laughs) so nice about, like, following the two teams. Like, I'm a Yankee fan, you're a Cardinals fan. It's so nice because every year you go in knowing, like, well, the absolute worst we're going to do is, like, 85 wins. Like, it's just so nice and comforting. And so, yeah, to see the Cardinals was just so weird. Yeah, clearly you guys are making moves already and, uh, you know, heading in the way that you expect. And would you say you're six back right now? Five back. Five back, so yeah, it's not even like the Brewers have like taken advantage and started to run away with the division while you were, because the or the other teams in the Central like Pittsburgh started out hot, but you know they've faded quite a bit. But they weren't expected to be good. Obviously Cubs and Reds aren't expected to be good, so it's kind of like the Brewers might have missed their moment because the to, to have the Cardinals be, have the worst start since '73 and not even at the end of May yet, and you only have a five-game lead, like, that's as a Cardinals fan, that has to be awesome to feel like, oh, yeah, we are still definitely in this, because I remember, what was it, a couple weeks ago, me and Casey were just roasting the hell out of you, because, like, Car- Cardinals are going to win the division, <laughs> and we're, like, they're literally last place in the NL, but calm down, but, yeah, now, a couple weeks later, you're five games back, so I think things have got to be looking great, you got to be feeling great right now. I
0: feel phenomenal. And honestly right now,
1: for the only I mean for the
0: Cardinals, yes, but the only reason of me saying Cardinals are going to win the division middle of May, beginning of May, and here we are at the end of May and it's already looking like not that they're going to win the division, but that's a lot more likely now than it was even then and I saw it I knew it I saw the the boys were starting to turn it around they weren't necessarily winning games yet but I know my boys, I watch out of 162 I usually watch at least 145. So I don't miss very many baseball games in the year, so I know what my boys are doing. But I don't know. It's – I think a lot of talk with the Cardinals right now, not necessarily – I mean, maybe within organization, but like Cardinals Twitter is essentially where is Tyler O'Neal going to go and what are we going to get back for him? Um, because we, right now we have Alec Burleson um, – who Lars Newbar, I know Lars very well. Uh, I don't know why I struggle with that. But then who's the other guy? That oh Oscar Mercado or whatever. He's actually played decently well. He's only he's only played in ten games. But because Tyler O'Neill's hurt, Dylan Carlson's hurt, Jordan Walker got sent to like back down to AAA. So our really deep outfield is now like we have Oscar Mercado or whatever. Like he's uh, not that he's bad. Again, he's played well, but our depth is kind of gone, but that's kind of the thing with Dylan Carlson and Tyler oneill They always seem to be hurt. So I actually read something on Twitter the other day that I was talking about, um, Colby Rasmus. Does, do you remember him at all? He was once a top. The name
1: player. sounds super familiar. Yeah. In I can't.
0: Like, like... I think it's 2012. He got traded at the trade deadline, but he was like a top prospect. And then he had spent well, like two years in the league or so or whatever. So he was, like wasn't a rookie anymore wasn't even a prospect anymore he was in the league he's top prospect so he had a lot of potential he just hadn't fully panned out yet and because he's so young there's still lots of potential or whatever um never ended up really panning out but he essentially we traded him at the deadline for some like pitching or whatever that helped us that year but their, that was the comparison they made to Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill is obviously a little bit more experienced than like two years in the league but two years ago like I think he broke in 2017 or something so he's still in his prime and a couple years ago he was like finished 10th place or 8th place or something in MVP voting like in the National League when he raked hit like 30 home runs or something like he had a phenomenal year And if he can do that one year, you would think he could do that again. And he's shown flashes, his biggest thing is not being healthy. So, they're, I don't know. What I've been trying to think of is who, because we talked about this last episode, where, like, who are going to be the sellers and who has a good enough arm for us to get. Because we need a good arm, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, we need a top, it doesn't even have to be a one, but if we get a solid two, like, what would be a two in a good rotation or whatever, it might be our one, but, like, that's, we need that to help bolster our starting rotation, because I don't even, I'm going to, but while I pull this up, Pete, is there any team or any player that comes to mind that has a good starting pitcher that you think might move, like a team that might move a pitcher at the trade deadline?
1: Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, see, and then I got to look into Sandy's stats, but I thought potentially the Marlins are that Alcantara might move this year because, you know, I'm pretty sure we've pronounced that right. It's, that was an issue going we, back we, if we you were an early seared, uh, was, star, yeah. but. That, was, that was a throwback if you're a long time listener. <laughs> yeah. um, but, because I thought going into the year I could have seen him moving, but A, the Marlins are doing great, and I think he's done better. I think he's settled down. I haven't paid that much attention to his last couple starts. But he started off the year not great, and the Marlins he didn't expect to be good. So I I could have seen him being a, like the pitcher to go get this deadline. But now that they're kind of – and it, like you said, it's kind of the only team that is like awful, awful completely out of it at this point I think is the A's. But they also, like we've talked about before, stole all their people like the past couple years. So I don't, I don't even. Well, they have the one guy they got from the Yankees. I can't remember. I think Clark or something, but I can't remember his name. He's like I think he's a talented pitcher, but he's just so young and like not consistent. So I don't see him being like a big arm to go get. But that's what yeah. as a Yankees fan, I'm always pro trading prospects because yeah. it's like you talked about. I I think it is either Scherzer or Verlander like one of the big reasons we didn't get him a couple trades like 20 i think 2017 or 2018 whenever they got traded the like big prospect that we weren't willing to trade to get off of them was clint frazier who was like the hyped yankees yeah. top stud and it's like literally I, i'm pretty sure he's out of major league baseball now yeah i think last year you got like a couple of other teams took a chance on him but it's just like I just am always pro moving prospects, Like you talked about and it's like we have Glaber Torres right now in the Yankees, who was another stupid, he's the short, shortstop of the future five, six years ago now. And don't get me wrong. Glaber is a very, very solid, respectable major league player. But yeah. I just think it's like when you're a team that's competing, that has shots for it, like the team, the, the number of prospects that don't work out, that are highly tight. Like I could list so many Yankees, like yeah. freaking Jesus Montero. Torres, Clint Frazier, Greg Bird, like, there's literally the list of prospects. It's, like, so uh, baseball I think, the hardest game to play yeah. to excel at. So I'm always, like, yeah, you can be absolutely dominating double-A, AA, triple-A, wherever you're at, but major leagues is a different ball game. Like, yeah. until you're, like, proven for, you know, two, three years consistently, I'm not, like... Okay, great. Volpe, I would not want to trade right now. But if, like, you know, let's say freaking the Rays want to trade us glass now for some reason, like, some stuff, because, like, you talk about the Yankees, we need a, another solid, either number two, number three starter, and we need to close it right now. So, it's like, if someone comes and offers us that for Volpe and a couple other, like, absolutely, trade them, get, like, so, uh, yeah, I can get why the Cardinals fans are kind of like, you know, we need pitching. We need it right now. We don't need yeah. this, like, potential two, three. Years. And that's what, like, I'm the kind of fan that's like, that, like, I'm not a, uh, well, if you don't win titles, you suck. Like, but it's like, I want to go for a title. I don't want to yeah. just try to make the playoffs. Like, oh, like, I'm the kind of fan that's like, I want to be going I mean, I'm also a LeBron fan, so it's kind of the mentality of LeBron too. Is like, we're going for the title. We might not win it every single year, but yeah. we're making we're trades. We're going for it. Leading for the title, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, that's got to be the main goal. Yeah, that's
0: and that's what I was gonna say. In kind of sidetracking, but like going with what you said about prospects, I agree. I think like kind of your number one, or maybe your one or two prospects that are closest to the league or whatever. Those I'm more cautious about. Obviously, I would almost say, though, no one's off the board. Like, everyone has their price type thing. But those, like, you try to hold on to unless it's, like, the perfect thing. Like, oh, the Cardinals, for some reason, need another outfield. The Yankees are trying to get rid of Aaron Judge. Sure, take Jordan Walker. We'll take Aaron Judge. Like, I mean, obviously, for the right thing, you're going to trade your prospects. But it has to be the perfect situation. But also, prospects are unproven at the major league level. Proven major league talent is obviously proven at the major league level. So like major, like proven talent over prospects. I agree with like, I would take that over a prospect type thing or whatever, because yeah, there's how many prospects there's a new list, top 100 lists that they come out with every single year. And not necessarily new names, but you have people jumping from not even in the top 100 one year to like top 25 the next year, in the top 25 to no longer even in the top 100 because they don't even like things don't work out. Like even injuries sometimes, certain injuries just like in people's careers that so they decide to step away. So
1: it, it's just, I don't know. But, yeah. And to, just to go on like that topic, yeah. I, and it, maybe it's just because of the way the Yankees organization run. And, you know, we just have the money. to. We don't have to really develop prospects as much as other people do. But I can name so many prospects that we didn't end up trading and keeping or so many prospects that are hyped and, like, didn't work out. I mean, Bill Hughes, Jabba, both, again, had respectable careers. Didn't turn into what they were supposed to. Gary Sanchez just got cut and might be out of the league now. He was incredibly hyped. Like, there's so many prospects I can name there where it's like, uh, they didn't live up even if they had, like, good careers to bet. There's not like I can't name a single prospect that we ended up trading away, and I'm, I'm pissed about you know yeah. like it's, yeah. I, I there's prospect we ended up. Did you keep. Going Cardinals, do you have? Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: Oop.
1: uh, a
0: Rosarena was on uh, the whoever's the stud pitching for Arizona right now, Gallon Zach Gallon. Gallon. Yeah. Yeah. Cardinal prospect.
1: Um, <laughs> but,
0: bro, there's more. I right. well, the other guy on Tampa Bay. Yeah. Cardinals have not done well with their reason. And you know, <laughs> the two for Tampa Bay, I'm pretty sure. Um, Oh no. Who was it that we got for that? I don't know. doesn't matter, but there's a couple that it's just like,
1: yeah. Out. Cause they're the Yankees and maybe I just don't pay as much attention to like the prospects once they get traded. So I don't, but uh, Rosalina gets brought up a lot. Yeah. He was in the Cardinals farm system, but It's still, it's like, I I guarantee you can name more prospects that didn't pan out and didn't turn into anything. So, yeah, I, you know, like you said, Tyler O'Neill has been respectable so far, but I could see as a Cardinals fan being like, you know what? We're already five back. Right. Like, besides the Rays, I don't think there's a juggernaut in baseball right now, I would say. And even the Rays, they're like, I mean, they're great. But, but yeah, yeah, I don't think they're unstoppable. So, it's like, I, I agree at with Cardinals Twitter, that it's kind of like, yeah, we have these extra outfielders because we can still bring up, like, we can bring yeah. Door to Walker back. Like, yeah. just because he had a cold stretch doesn't mean you know he's never making it back up to the majors or anything like that. So, I definitely, as a Cardinal fan, would kind of be like, okay, let's go get us, get us a closer, get us a you know a solid starter. And again, because of the way the season's unfolding so far, where it's kind of like everybody's in the mix. I don't know who the sellers are going to be, but it's also, I think we talked about this last episode or two episodes ago too, like I think the teams that are kind of like, Oh, and you know, don't wait until the deadline to make moves. Like, you know, make a trade in May, yeah. right? Like may going to be tough. Make it in, you know, June. early, <laughs> June, yeah, early mid June. Like the teams that I think that aren't going to wait all the way until the deadline, I think are the teams that are going to be the most successful Yeah, because the kind of, take advantage of the early opportunity and get a jump on everybody else rather than waiting and just, like, playing the wait-and-see approach. So I, I definitely, I, if I was a Cardinals fan, would be like, you know what? Thank you, Tyler O'Neill, but yeah. let's go get somebody.
0: Because I would – I think, one, that the Cardinals have flirted with in the past or there's been rumors that the Cardinals were interested in, like, trading with at the deadline, I feel like, almost every year, is Shane Bieber um, with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I think he's good. He just he's, just, said. he's just also getting older every year. Not that he's, like, yeah. super old necessarily, but, like, not great. Just going real quick back to Steven Matz and his stat line, um, I don't know if I even brought that up, but that's where I was going to go because he is pretty much – I think he's now – like, I don't know if the Cardinals know what to do with him because he's in year two of his contract, and it's – He's a tr- he's so bad. Like he, he has had 10 starts this year. Guess how many wins he has? Zero. Zero wins. 10 starts, <laughs> zero wins. His ERA is 5.72. He almost has a 6 ERA. Um, he's pitched 50 innings, 10 games, so he's only going five, oh, 50.1. So he's literally going, on average, 5 innings every single game.
1: Wow. That's it. That has, sucks for the bullpen too. Yeah,
0: and so and so they have to go four innings every single time he starts. Roughly, he has sixty-eight hits, given up thirty-two earned runs. He's given up eight home runs. Um, let's see the other ones. Opponents' batting average. Guess what? Opponents' batting average is against him.
1: Um, I'd say like two eighty something. Three twenty-four. Good lord.
0: 324. Whip is <laughs> 1.75. Um, yeah, 324,
1: though. Batting average. That's tough. That so, tough. What do you do with this How man? long? I know you said he's on um, second year of his contract. How long is his contract? 2 of 4. Do you know. This is 2 of 4. Okay. So not even halfway yet. Yeah.
0: Um, let's see. i going to see if I can pull up his um, contract real quick just to see if there's like a whatever. Um, Signed a four year, 44 mil, so he's getting 11 mil a year. Um, Two million signing bonus, uh, 44 guaranteed. Um, Let's see, and this isn't giving me anything else, but I just really hope there's like a team something, no. Team option. Yeah, no team option. No. So he's with us through 2025. So Jeez. that's phenomenal But I don't know It will be I don't know I'm just It's frustrating because I mean he has shown moments Where he's good and Like He has Potential or whatever and like obviously he's Done well uh, But I just I don't know He hasn't really shown it Recently. Uh, LOL. He gets another $200,000 for pitching 130,000 or 130 innings, 140 innings, 150, 60, 70. He's an all star. He gets 50,000. LOL. Wait,
1: you're safe on sure. that.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. If he wins, is Cy Young. If he gets first, that's 50,000. Second through fifth, 25,000. Unless he turns around and wins. I honestly think game. that's
1: a. Yeah, nope. I think that's a bad, bad contract by his agent. <laughs> if yeah. if Steven Matz wins the Cy Young, you should get at least a mil bonus out yeah. of that. Like that's a, that's a bad contract by his agent right there. Seriously. So, that's yeah. 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 Unless my man just wins his next twenty starts somehow.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, his agent has uh, finessed us, honestly. Actually, a little bit because I don't know, over the, or take this, Cardinals front office is just dog water. Whoa, whoa, we we should never say that because we didn't also just name a bunch of prospects that the Cardinals no longer have because we traded away that are now stars in the league. No. We didn't just say that, and that's not a fact. It is. But anyways, um, can we DFA um, presidents of baseball operations? John Moseloff, you're terrible.
1: Uh, I, I hope so. I would DFA Brian Cashman today. That's what, it's so weird because As Yankees and Cardinals fans, I mean, we're kind of spoiled if we're being honest. Like the bar, like the low bar of our teams is like, oh, we're going to be third place in the division this year and probably still a wild card team. Like, I think the Yankees in my lifetime have literally missed playoffs three times. Yeah. So you know, in thirty plus years now, so it's it's kind of feels weird to complain sometimes, but it's also like, I mean, Brian Cashman has not made. Moves as a Yankees GM like in a long time now, and it's just like I mean, he's won five rings in his tenure, so it's like it's but the Rays who have no money and nothing, they freaking such a better front office. Like, yeah, like imagine if we had a front office. Doesn't have to be as good as the Rays because the Rays are probably the best front office organization in baseball right now.
0: You can't say but, they're not the best with what they've done with that team.
1: Like, just yeah, in, I mean like, the, the like, Do- yeah Dodgers are pretty damn good too, but yeah. they also have the money to back it up. Yeah. So, and honestly, so are the trash cans. But fuck them. So you know they don't count. But like, so those are probably the top three like front offices and organizations in baseball right now. And like. Imagine as a Yankees fan and as a Cardinals fan, if our front office was competitive and it wasn't just because of like, you know, having the money, I mean, Cardinals don't have anywhere near the Yankees money and got absolutely finesse the Rockies to get Aaron Otto. But it's like, imagine if we weren't just making such bad moves. And it's like Aaron Hicks, literally that was, everyone saw that was a bad contract the day it was signed. Like every like all the Yankees fans and stuff I follow were like, What are we doing? Like why are we signing Aaron Hicks to a seventy or seventy million dollar contract? Like he does not deserve a it's like, yeah, you wanna give him another two, three years, see if like he's a young guy youngest guy, like see what can happen. But and it's like, Matt, yeah, why are you sending him to a four year contract when it's like, you know, cool, one, two years, see what happens, but then I think they just like take away their flexibility. Yeah, and then they're like, well, we don't want to make spend more money and make more moves." And it's like, "Well, then don't like back yourself into this corner where now yeah. we're like, like, you need arms, I need arms.'" Like, you know, I mean, freaking stupid ass Montas over Castillo was an awful trade decision, and we got Rudone, who probably isn't going to end up pitching this year at this point. I haven't even seen an update in a while because I know they were talking about he might come back. You know, mid end of May. Haven't even seen an update on him in a while, so I'm guessing he doesn't end up pitching this year. It's like, because he's got a bad back. But we just signed him to a huge contract, and it's like, why do we continually back ourselves into this, like, lack of flexibility, lack of options? And, like, the Rays literally every single year, they can have freaking a whole new ball team, and they don't, like, they just don't run themselves into bad decisions in bad places where they're kind of, like, stuck and, like, are forced to go out and make moves. And then when, when you're forced to go out and make moves, A, you're not going to be able to make as good of a move. And then it's just so, uh, yeah, I 100% get... I'm, I might have to... I mean, I spoke the getting rid of Aaron Hex, DFA, so I might have to start going to DFA Brian Cashman as well. So I feel you on that.
0: Facts. Because, yeah, that's... I don't know. I... Agree. It's, well, especially with the fact that we are spoiled as, like, our fan bases, because I think... Which we absolutely are. Yeah, 100%. And I will admit that every day, because my expectation is for us to at least make the playoffs. If we don't make the playoffs, that is 100%, like, guaranteed a failure of a year. Like, that is the expectation. You at least make the playoffs, but... Honestly, like even further than that, ideally, we should be competing for the championship every single year. I don't expect us to win every single year, and I know it's extremely hard. I feel like it's even harder in today's age to win now just because I feel like the playing field is so much more even than what it was, yeah. say, 50 years ago. Like. Just because there's so much more talent and even like even social media, I think, plays a part of like being able to find talent in different parts of the world and different things. And so I don't know, but it's just it's frustrating when like, yeah, the front office just makes stupid decisions and do stupid things. And then I don't know. The Cardinals are it's just I I've always never I've never been a fan of John Moseley so, I don't know, it'll be interesting, but yeah, there's news headline from Cardinals, inconsistent mats to move to bullpen for next few games, so that was as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, that goes outside so, young.
0: Yeah, seriously. So, I don't know, That the other thing though, we have like Libertor for the Cardinals who's I don't even know if he's considered a prospect because he's been up a couple times or whatever. But, like, ultimately, I'd assume he's still it's just because he's in the minors still the majority of the time. But he just got called up last week, and he pitched really good. And he pitched the other day, pitched really good again. I think he gave up, like, three runs, but they weren't – like, he – I don't know. He just pitched really good, but the Cardinals are, like, thinking that he's going to go back down to the minors. And it's like – why, like, why are you making these moves? He's proving himself at the major league level. Like, he's he picked up a win. One thing in that in 10 attempts, Steven Matz could not do. Like, he's already done something. Someone that's been up here all year hasn't been able to do or ever. Like, so, I don't know.
1: It will be, it's just stupid. I don't know. But, yeah, it pisses me off so much when, teams, when the, the Yankees, I think it was, I think his name was Delvi or DV Garcia or something last year. But the Ancients did the same thing. They called him up a couple different times because we needed like a spa start. Somebody was injured or whatever. And the first like two or three times he was freaking great. And it's like, what, what is happening? But every time they send him back down, we want to see him for like a week or, you know, for like two, three weeks. So we needed a spot start. And eventually he didn't come back up for like two months or something and then came back and got lit up. Yeah, And, like, I haven't, I haven't seen him since, but it's, like, well, I, I, I hate when teams do that. It's, like, guess what? If he had a great start, like, I don't care that you're paying, you know, this guy way more money. It's like, if he can outperform, like, let him come and outperform. And don't, you know, send him down for two months freaking. Who was the Yankees? It was the year after Judge. What was it? And Duhar? You remember Andujar mm-hmm. for yeah. the Yankees? came up, played third for the year after Judge Business, I think second the rookie of the year. Looked like we had Judge and then Andujar, like back-to-back, stud rookies. And then the Yankees, I can't remember who we got, but somebody else to replace him at third. Or maybe he got injured or something. And then they just never, ever again gave him consistent playing time. Yeah. And then after a little bit, we switched him to outfield, but we'd bring him up for like two, three games. And he, you know would look pretty decent. Yeah. And then they'd send him back down. And then, like, eventually they did give him a little bit of a run, but it's, like, after yanking him around for three years, and then he got DFA'd last year. But it's, like, I did, I hate when teams do that, when it's, like, if someone comes up and performs, like, ride him. Like, yeah. you know, maybe with Jordan Walker, it'll be, like, a 12-game history can then the dive. Cool. Let him go back and figure it out at that point. But, like, I hate, because I think that just, and baseball is the most mental, well, besides, like, golf or tennis or something, like, an individual sport, I think baseball is the most, like, mental sport. And so I think that just messes with people so much, and it's like, I went up, I did my freaking job, why am I not still in the majors? And then they go back down, and they're probably disappointed, and then, like, so they might not perform as well in double A or triple A as they were, and then, like, might not get called back up. And so it's just like, I hate, hate when especially my team does that. So it's just like, especially like, yeah, when you said match, they then performing, like, cool, give a spot. Like, yeah, that sucks. And I guess, you know, with some contracts, if you're, like, you said that person down, then it, like what they're not allowed to, whatever it is. But I I hate that aspect. And that's the thing that maybe it's just because I don't follow the Rays or Dodgers or other teams. But I think that, like, super successful front offices and organizations aren't doing it that way. Yeah. It's like when they're ready to bring a guy up, they bring the guy up and the guy gets to stay up and like build and grow and develop and have that success rather than get freaking yanked back and forth all the time. Yeah. One well, in,
0: I don't know. Cause it makes me think of Jordan Walker. Like when, while well, you brought him up and then just talking about prospects and everything, I think it was the right thing that he made opening day roster. Cause he played really well in spring training. And then he uh, had that 12 game hitting streak to start the year and then he struggled a little bit, and then they sent him down. Not that he was doing terrible, but he it looked like he was declining a little bit, but it was also like, and I'm pretty sure we read this stat, or I read these stats in a previous episode, but essentially like he was hitting the ball on the ground like 60% of the time or something like that. Just something insane where like he's a big guy, 6'6", 245. Like he gets the ball in the air, the ball's naturally going to carry a long way. Um, but he's just hitting the ball into the ground so much that they wanted to try to fix that. Um, and I think he's turned it around some. Like, he's still not doing amazing, but he started, like, his first... Let's see. He went... His first game in Memphis was April 27th. Um, and so his minor league average started over at zero, and it was like, 125, 250, 188... Um and then was, like, in the ones for a while. It didn't, like, break the twos consistently until, like, May 20th, like this last week. But now he's been hitting. He's hitting well. So after today, his average is at 238. Still not amazing, but, like, his average is continuing to go up. um I don't know. That's just his batting average. He only has three home runs on the year in AAA. Um, let's see. So in his last, but his last fifteen games, he's batting two sixty-four, which is better. His slugging is four fifteen. so like he's doing better. Um, but that uh, this goes back to the point for me. You trade Tyler O'Neill. I don't care. You trade Tyler O'Neill. You trade Alec Burleson, bro. You tra- and you trade Dylan Carlson. Get rid of all three and go get me a stud pitcher. And we'll still have Lars newtbar We'll have Jordan Walker and we'll put out freaking Mercado or whatever his name is. He's fast and can play a corner position. Like, defense is important, but he's good enough in the outfield, even though in one of the games, first game in Cleveland, he went to go catch a ball at the wall, jump backwards, out of his glove, over the wall, home run. That <laughs> oh, <one. no. laughs> so, oh no. That was a good time. Oh, no. Don't worry, we we're already losing. Like, we lost that game, and we we're already losing, and, lost by like okay. four or something it was a solo shot so it wouldn't have really mattered
1: but still some game changer yeah but yeah that's always embarrassing to watch <laughs> yeah, Seriously, and he's yeah. looking around like <laughs> yeah <laughs> man you put that over the wall yeah. but just watch it hop out yeah
0: so I, like i would honestly take that like get rid of talent like because that's the other thing we have to understand and is frustrating i think from a fan's standpoint sometimes is there's some people you don't want to get rid of like it and it's hard to let go like i honestly like tyler o'neill but there's been a lot of frustration there because he's literally always hurt like all the freaking time um i'm gonna pull up his stat he's played paul goldschmidt has played 53 games this year the most on the team tyler o'neill has played let me go i thought it was 29 um 29 games which isn't a crazy difference But that's 14. That's almost half. Yeah. Did you say 53
1: to
0: 29? Yes, I did. No, so it's, what, 23 or whatever?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's big. Yeah, yeah. 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 So
0: that's 23 games. And Paul Goldschmidt doesn't play every day. There's two games in a row. He didn't play. um, There's one day, a whole series. He DH'd and then was off two days in a row, not hurt. We're, the Cardinals are just going through a stretch that ends on Tuesday. of We're, we're playing 19 games in a row. So, sometime within the mm-hmm. last week or two, he literally dh and they got two days off in a row, which was yeah. good for him. Um Give him some
1: days off his of feet, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so, but with that, though, again, Paul Goldschmidt still has played the most games on our team at 53, and Tyler O'Neal's at 29, which is insane. So, 23 yeah. less games... He, like, that I Mean he's almost been out four weeks, Tyler O'Neill. Like, he's just not playing. The last I'm looking the last time he even freaking played. May 4th was the last time he's played. So, he's pretty much been wow. out the entire month of May. He's always hurt. Um, he pretty much, I mean, minus a day off here or there, he played pretty much all of April. So, I don't know. That's my biggest issue with Tyler O'Neal. Always hurt. If he can play... More times than not he performs. Um but it just depends. So I don't know. His batting average on the year is two twenty eight, not great, two home runs, six RBIs, one stolen base, twenty one hits. But it's like just the consistency side of it as well. Like he can't even stay healthy long enough to perform. So Yeah. I don't know. Move pieces, yeah. Get me a better starting pitcher. I can't deal with this. It's...
1: Yeah, that's honestly my biggest frustration with Stanton too. Is and I mean yeah. Stanton costs us a hell of a lot more than Tyler O'Neill costs you. Yeah. But it's like Stanton is good. I mean, he has his he'll swing at awful pitches and strikes out a lot and issues like that. But I think the big worst thing about Stanton is man is built built like a freaking Greek god, but some somehow misses sixty plus games a year. Like I don't have the staff in front of me. But like, I would bet the most, besides his MVP season for the Marlins, like, I feel like he doesn't play over 120 games a year. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you he misses 40, 50 games every single year, if not more. And it's just, like, it's so hard to build that consistency and that, like, team chemistry and stuff in baseball when you're like, oh, well, we play playing this lineup for a week. Oh, nope, he's out. Now we got to go with another lineup. For And it's kind of hard to build those, you know, like, 10, 15-game runs when... You don't have the consistency of your lineup because it's like you know, and you know, when your lineup gets hot, then it can go and run through everybody. And like, but when it's hard and you can't be consistent and you can't stay healthy, I think that affects the team. Even if you do have the talent and do produce when you're there, uh, yeah, I I would rather have a guy I know I can count on for 140, 150 games every single year that maybe not be quite as good in the outfield or at the plate or whatever, but. Like that, at least, you know, you're there and you can kind of build and design your team around them and be like, but when it's like, well, we have to have basically two guys for this position because they're only playing 110 games a year. So it kind of like limits the flexibility of your roster as well. That's why I freaking love a guy like DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, I think, you know, those utility players are so important because then they can come go and cover it and plug those holes. But it's also better if you don't have to do that. But that's why, like, I think those kind of players are just studs and super important. But I think an interesting thing we could do, too, is – because I, I still don't know who, like, you, the Cardinals are go get. I don't know who the Yankees are try to target as a pitcher, but I think that might be interesting for, like, next podcast. Yeah. Is we just go look up, like, who are our top three desired trade targets. And kind what we give might be interesting.
0: Ooh, yeah. That? That's what we're doing. We could do top three or even one or whatever, however many. But who would yeah. give up for them? And then the other people rate. Like, do you feel like that's fair trade, or like is that enough? Yeah. Or like, would you give that up if you're the other GM? I don't know. We play G- GM for a day. You can call me John. I know I do a better job than he does, but <laughs> um, I no, I love I like that it. idea. But there's, I don't know. I think the Cardinals. I still stand by the Cardinals win the National League Central. I stand by it. I think they do. Even – I think it will be hard to do with the team they have now, but I think they're going to make moves at the deadline the last two years. So even just recent history, they've made small changes to get, like, pick up uh, starting pitching or relief pitching or whatever in the middle of the year, like last year. Um We got Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery. The year before that, we got, uh, who was it? John Lester, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was Lester we got for just the second half, and then he retired at the end of the year. And there's one other pitcher that we picked up, well, not picked up, but traded for. Never huge pieces that are like game changers, but just solid. I mean, Jordan Montgomery's been the best by far, and he's, Pitch super well still now. Jordan Montgomery might be our best, most consistent pitcher. Or Miles Michaelis. Miles Michaelis has done it the longest for us. But he just struggled at the beginning of this year. But you have Miles Michaelis. You have Jordan Montgomery. Adam Wainwright. I'll take Jack Flaherty as my fifth because he has good games occasionally. Get me one really good starting pitcher. And I will love that bullpen. Or not bullpen. I will
1: love that Let me. I'm curious because Jack. Fla- I haven't even thought about Jack Flaherty in a while. But as a non-Cardinals fan that doesn't pay that much attention, what, what was it like two, three years ago when he was an absolute stud? Because I think right now, imagine if he was the number one that he was or like it's supposed to be, where your team would be. So, what? Give me a at Jack Flaherty update. Like, what? Sure. What's he looking like? Is he? Has he been hurt? Or I just I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, this has been the first. So what they were saying, what John Mosaylock, our beloved, perfect, never makes a mistake, president of baseball operation was saying at the beginning of the year, going into spring training, that Jack feels really good. And this part, I believe, that this is the first full offseason he's had to kind of like rest and recover and not be going through an injury in years because... Last year was the lockout to start the year. And so, like, he couldn't do things with the team, things like that or whatever, um, like, in regards to injury. And then the year before that, he was hurt. And then the year before that was COVID. And so, like, it's literally been a while. And I think it was 2019, the second half of the year, Um, he just went off. Like, his, oh, yeah. oh where is it? Um, I mean, his ERA on the year is 2.75, and that's the best he's had. This year is 4.81, which is the second worst he's ever had. I mean, minus his rookie year where he only pitched – he only had six games. But, um, but yeah, he had a 2.75, which is the best by far, by over, like, 50 points or whatever. Um, But that second half, he didn't even have a good te- first half. That second half is where he just went off. But then that COVID year, then he was hurt. Um and then he was hurt again last year. He only he just came back. He came back at the end of the year last year. And then he had nine games or whatever. He only pitched in nine games and then the off season, full recovery, all that. But he's pitching eleven games this year. He's three and four, four point eight one ERA. Uh The opponent batting average is 262, 1.53 whip. So not amazing. His walks were super high, especially at the beginning of the year. But he's pitched a lot better um, as of late. Like his, well, actually, I don't know about that. He's actually looks, based on his ERA, he's getting worse. His ERA in May is 5.88. So Oh, jeez. And he has, but he's 1-1. in the month, he's going, I guess what I say, why I say that he's going deeper into the game, like his last game he pitched pitched yesterday, the game we won Uh, he didn't get a win for the game, got a no decision, but he went seven innings gave up seven hits, but only gave up one run, one walk, four strikeouts Um, so like that, I mean, seven innings, one run Got the no decision, but, I mean, that's a solid. You'll outing. take that. Yeah. yeah. Um, take that every time. The time before that, I gave up three runs and four and two-thirds. Time before that, seven innings, no earned runs, five innings, three earned runs. It was May 4th, terrible. Two and a third innings, nine hits, ten runs. That was his worst. I think uh, that's why his ERA is uh, bad. That was his worst
1: So out high. Of the year. Yeah. yeah. It seems like almost every other game though, he like he'll go seven strong, yeah. then he'll go five, then he'll go seven strong, then he'll go four. So yeah. because I just I hadn't before you said his name, I, I hadn't thought about Jack Flaherty and so long, but then yeah, I remind me back, yeah. I forgot it was only that like second half post All Star break or whatever where he yeah. was just like Lights-out. an absolute freaking stud, yeah. So
0: Yeah, his name wasn't in the conversation whatsoever for, like, Cy Young, and then second half, he, like, arguably could have won Cy Young just based off his, like, second-half stats. Because how good, yeah. But, I don't know. It's He's free agent after this year. Personal opinion, get rid of him. Like, I think he has potential, and he's still good, but he's also, he's now been in the league for a little bit. He hasn't, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, well... I'm not necessarily all on board for getting rid of him, but I think he's going to want a decent amount of money because he does have a big upside, but kind of same thing. I'm talking with Tyler O'Neal, show me a full season. You've been healthy. Like when is the last time you've been healthy for a full year? Like let's freaking look, um, 17 games in 2021, But before that, 33 games in 2019. Granted, 2020 is a shortened year. Within 17 games in 21, 9 games in 22, 11 games in 23 so far. So haven't been healthy for a full year and shaky when you're healthy. So he's going to want more money than he wants. And his, I don't want to say attitude, but did you see, I think it might have been after the Angels or there was one start recently where like, I don't know. Jack and the media, they're not friends. And they ask him questions. He does not do well with the media when they ask him hard questions after he's had a bad outing. Um, it's just not the Cardinals way, if you will. And so I just don't think he meshes necessarily well with that. Which, So I doubt he's a Cardinal next year. But we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. But that also... Goes to the fact of do you know how many pitchers the Cardinals has have locked up after this year? Starting pitchers,
1: uh, two to three, I would say, because I know as right last year, you just said Flaherty's a free agent, so. Um, I think Montgomery's a free agent, too, after this year, isn't he? Montgomery's a free agent I after think, this year. That's what I, was gonna say. I thought was, that's one of the reasons the Yankees traded him, because he was coming up on it.
0: Yeah. The, so, Miles Michaelis just signed an extension to at the beginning of the year, like, I think into the season. But so, before that extension, it was the one and only Steven Matz, who we had.
1: Wow. <laughs> so, up.
0: now we have Stephen Matz,
1: who's awesome. phenomenal.
0: and prob- Well, and... Is actually at this point no longer in the starting rotation. So the only starting rotation pitchers we currently have locked up after this year is Miles Michaelis. So, wow. Once again, I will reiterate: we need starting pitching, not only for the fact for us to make a postseason and playoff or in a World Series push, but so we have a starting rotation next year who isn't full of yep. nobodies. And we, uh, like, we knew this. This is another reason why the Cardinals fan base was so upset, like, in the offseason and going into spring training is because the Cardinals did not make any moves to get starting pitching, and it's one of our biggest needs right now. So, I don't know. I'm not the GM. They don't pay me for that, so I don't make those decisions, but (laughs) if it was me, I could make some decisions and it would be good, but... I don't know what, besides going, I mean, because we're still ways away from the trade deadline, but at the same time, we're like two months away, which isn't that far, because we've played two months of baseball. We played all April, May's pretty much over, we have June and July, so how much baseball we've played is how much baseball is still a trade deadline. So is there besides starting pitching is there any other area you feel like the the Yankees need to like strengthen
1: i think I think our biggest thing because I mean technically we have starting pitching they're just all freaking injured so but I, I think we have to get another starter strong starter but I think the biggest issue right now is our bullpen like we don't have a ninth inning at all we don't have like a big big spot guy because i honestly like teams that like will throw their closer in the seventh inning if you're facing three four five so i actually like that that's kind of a thing now that teams are doing rather than just always saving them for the ninth inning but we we don't have that guy right now with yankee like we've tried holmes who had his great you know half a season then kind of lost it last year hasn't rediscovered every once in a while have a good outing then two straight awful ones then too good you know so but just inconsistent not a guy anymore uh we've tried peralta in the role we've tried michael king who, like i love michael king as like a more of a long reliever or like but I, like i don't think he's a big spot like ninth inning guy. So i think our biggest thing and i think i think we need a big spot ninth inning closer type but i also think we need another like strong like i think we need two strong bullpen pieces And then the other guys, like, I love Peralta. I like a lefty-lefty matchup. Don't like him otherwise. But I think if we get those two, then we have enough pieces with the rest of our bullpen that, they like, fall into place. But I just think we need the, like, top guy or top two guys in the bullpen because it's like we get to the ninth inning or even the seventh inning versus the the Orioles last week because we had a shot to, like, come and, tie the Orioles for second place in the division, then they end up smacking us the next day, because, you know, I think they just gave them all the confidence, like, oh, we just dropped seven runners on them, came back, like, screw these guys, and they came and beat us again, so they ended up taking the series us, where it's like, if we had our bullpen in order, like, we should have a bullpen, then I think we win that series, and then it kind of turns the whole outlook around. Again, we're still a good team, we're still looking, but I think that's our biggest pressing need right now, is we have to strength in the bullpen. So I think that's absolutely what we need to go get. So the next episode when we're going over that, that's definitely where my focus will be.
0: Yeah. It's going to be, I don't know. I just, it blows my mind with how this, no, well, it doesn't blow my mind, but I can't wrap my mind around or even imagine what this trade deadline is going to look like because it's so hard to see. Cause I pulled up the standings, and I was, like, trying to look at teams that could potentially be sellers and then who are good players on those teams that might sell. And I was like, oh, Angels in fourth place in the West. AOS didn't expect them to be that far back. Oh, two games above 500. (laughs) Like, that's actually good, like and you wouldn't necessarily expect that. And they're six games back. That's not terrible, but it's, like... I don't know. And maybe they will be sellers at the deadline, but it's like there's no way they would make a trade. Like, because we were talking about just a second ago how uh, like the teams that make trades earlier on are going to be better off. There's no way they're going to be a team, even if they're sellers at the deadline, that they're going to be selling right now because they're over 500. And typically if you're over 500 – you have a good chance of making the playoffs. Not a not a guaranteed, obviously, depending on your division and how other teams do. But if you have a winning record, you have a good shot. So no chance there. And that's pretty much the whole AL West. Again, this is another thing we talked about a few podcasts ago. The AL East, all winning records. AL Central, they actually only have one team that has a winning record. But in the AL West, they have four. So there's only five teams, two-thirds of the AL West, have winning records. And then the NL is going to be pretty much the opposite. Um, So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Even for, I feel like, though, the Pirates and the Reds, and maybe not the Cubs, I don't know. For the Pirates, at least, so I feel like they're a team that is up and coming, so they're not really going to trade away big pieces or like key pieces or whatever because they're better teams. Or like because they're... Not better teams. Because they have a lot of potential within the next few years to be really good, and so I doubt they... Are going to do much. They might do a little bit. I could see the Pirates like trying to weigh Andrew McCutcheon or something just because he's an older piece and a veteran. But I don't know. I don't know. San Diego, granted, they're 24 and 29. Not terrible. They're seven and a half games out in the division. But they, to me, even though they have a better record than the Cardinals, barely, but they haven't proven to me that they're going to be a team. That turns around. I don't feel like they've been a lot better than, or like they've shown that they're getting better. I don't think they've been, they weren't as bad as the Cardinals. I think I said the same thing last time or a couple times ago. But what, Pete, tell me, talk to me about San Diego. Not necessarily like, we don't have to get into this statistical side of it, but maybe more the morale side like what's going on with San Diego and because they're not doing super well are they sellers at the deadline or no
1: I mean I can't see them selling just because it's like they kind of went all in like yeah. with well, Soto trade last year they kind of went like this is our window yeah so I can't see literally just one year later being like oh never mind you know well, it it's kind of like
0: sellers what about like the Still trading though. Like, okay, maybe Bogarts, and I'm just saying Bogarts because he's the newest edition, or maybe Soto. Maybe this isn't the right fit for us. So trade a big name, but for another big name for like a need, like a, just a different need that you have or something. I don't know. Like, do you think that's possible that a big name, like one of the top four, and because who isn't it? Don't, isn't it top four? Yeah. Soto, Machado, Tatis, Bogarts. Like, but all four phenomenal players.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, I could see them trying to do some, but I just don't know how, how. Like, I think it's very rare in baseball to see. Like last year, they talked about with the Montgomery and Bader trade. Like it was like a one for one swap, basically. And it's like, oh, that's weird. Like, yeah, it's all like for for two good teams. It's almost always like. prospects for proven. Yeah. Like it's like you trade your prospects to get a proven now guy. like it, I think they're like, Oh, good player for good player trade. It's like, I think it's just a lot more rare. And I don't know that that's the thing is like the Padres are hard to figure out because it's like, I don't know what else they need. You know, like they have Blake Snell, like they have you Darvish, they have pitching and they have a stud lineup too. And like, even, like the rest of their lineup is obviously not those four, like all-star level play. Like they have other good players, so it's like they're just I, they're just like not performing, which is like you know. I know Soto started off the year bad, but I know he's been better. I think Bogart has not been good, but I like, I know, I just don't see what they can do. I think I I think they will be buyers at the deadline, but. I also don't know like how big a buyer they can be, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like I mean, it's this season's interesting because it's I think you keep expecting like teams like the Diamondbacks, like if they were what you know you expect the Diamondbacks to be at the beginning of the year, then I could see them selling like that gallon or somebody like to just get a bunch of other stud prospects. But instead, they keep winning, and so it's like. The teams like the Padres and stuff so It's like slightly underperforming. I, it's hard to like see who they're gonna try to go get to get better. But I like I can't see them. That's that's the other thing is like there's a bunch of teams, and and you brought this up a little bit ago as well. That like I think right now it's harder to win a championship for and ever in any sport because it's like I mean you don't really see repeat champions anymore. Like in baseball, I I think I don't even remember. The last repeat champion, was it the Yankees? Has it been that long? I'm trying to think back. I don't remember. I mean, you have the Royals win twice. You have the Rangers that win twice, but the Royals only won one. Rangers lost both. Rays have been, uh, Red Sox never repeated. I'm trying to think. I think it might have been the Yankees.
0: Yeah, because even if you go to, like... When they won there. I think it was, because even if you go to, like, the Giants, when they had their big run, they It was, like, every times. other year. But yeah, it was every other year.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: I just pulled it up real quick, though, but to see. Um, going back, going back. Yeah, it was Yankees in 98 to 2000. Okay,
1: right, when they won there, three... Yeah, but it's and so, but that's why I think it's like you have so many teams that are like the Padres are like all in right now, you know. Yeah, Dodgers are like taking a step back, kind of, but they're also like expecting to compete and go for titles. Crash cans expect to compete and to go for titles. Yankees every single year. Rays every single year. Baltimore, this is kind of like their run right now. Blue Jays, they're going for it. Cardinals always going for it. Brewers like. I just think there's so many teams right now that like, and they're not. I don't think they're wrong either. They're like, yeah, this could be our like. This is the window. This is our opportunity. Let's go get ourselves a title because it's like, once you win that title, you're kind of like cemented. So it's like, and and I'd like, I like, but and as as a fan of it, like if I was a Padres fan, I would be pissed if they like start set like it's like we haven't been good for how long like since Tony Gwynn was around like and we go for it for you know like two years and then they're kind of like ah never like I'd be pissed if I was a Padres fan so that's what's kind of it's like interesting because there's so many teams that are like oh we got a shot let's go win a title yeah and then like you know something like again the Razor is the only team that's like and Dodgers have been really good lately actually as well but still, like nobody's like dominating or like I don't know if there's any fan bases that are like feeling great about themselves right now. Besides, like the Rays, obviously, probably the D backs because they're you know overperforming. So it's like it's an interesting year for sure right now.
0: Yeah, just to read off some stats for the Padres. Soda. Um, this is batting average, and we can go to other ones if we want. But Soda's batting two sixty one. Bogarts is batting two fifty three um Machado's batting 231 Tatis is batting 246 those are their big four um that, the only other kind of notable one is Kim their second baseman is batting 242 Cronenworth is batting 215 Grisham's batting 188 like so they have some I think Like, Bogarts, Soto, those are decent. They're not amazing, but 253, 261, I don't know. But that's what's honestly just sad. They don't have anyone in 300s. So, but they, I don't know. Soto's on base percentage is crazy at 422. It's because he has 50 walks, but I don't know. I think everyone on the team is underperformed from what they expect. Not that they're playing terrible, they just have underperformed from their usual, at least on the hitting side, and it's just caused it to...
1: Yeah, and that's what's interesting, because, yeah, I don't think, like, you can, like, pinpoint exactly, like, oh, well, once Machado gets a go in, or once Soto turns in, it's, like, it's kind of just, like, collectively, and it's also weird, because it's, like, you think, especially with that kind of protection around you in the lineup, like at least one or two of them got to be getting pitches to hit because it's like you can't try to work around all four of them. Yeah. So it's like you'd imagine – I don't remember exactly how their lineup goes, but you imagine at least the two and three hitters are like getting pitches to hit because you can't try to work around and finesse the whole top four of your lineup. So it's like
0: yeah. Well,
1: interesting, but that's – Sorry, go ahead. No,
0: you you go. You finish.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's kind of – it's almost – I wonder if it's just like kind of once one of them gets hot. So then the other guys like start getting pitches to hit. Like, I wonder if it's just that simple where it's like once one of them turns like if Tatis starts hitting, like he's back in triple A again
0: yeah.
1: and just goes off and has like, you know, eight games where he's just killing it. Like, I wonder if it really would just be that simple where it's like once one of them clicks in, it kind of like puts everything else in line and they start to perform like you expect or
0: I think uh or yeah, I don't know. they one thing as well or kind of reading off the pitching side of it is there's they have three starters that have started ten games, which is the most for them. Um, being you Darvish, Blake Snell and Michael Wacha. Michael Walker is the best out of those three. He's five and one with a 3.45. Blake Snell is one and six with a 5.04 ERA, and you Darvish is three and four with a 4.61. Um, then you have Seth Lugo's three and three, Joe Musgrove's two and two, um, and then a couple others that have had a few starts, but. They're starting pitching. They have some good names, but Michael Waka, he's a former Cardinal that was shaky and like never – he's one that couldn't get healthy, like can be healthy consistently and perform consistently. But he's their best pitcher right now. Um, And also has, I think, the most innings pitched for them as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's – maybe they need pitching. Because Blake Snell going one in six – and 10 starts, that's not even just... Like, because sometimes pitchers just don't pitch well, and so, but usually... Or not not pitch well, but sometimes it's the run support. But usually when you lose 6 games out of 10 games, at least some of those, if not the majority of those, you're probably losing, like giving up a ton of runs, especially with your ERA being over 5. So he's not just not getting run support, he's also giving up a lot of runs and losing games. So, I don't know. There's... San Diego's the biggest question mark because they're probably top three, if not top three for sure, top five in spending, just with all the names they have on their roster. And they're not even – they're not close to making a, a wild card spot right now. Like, that's how bad it is.
1: Yeah, the, the, the other, I think the last thing, maybe the interesting thing about the Padres too is it's like, I don't know if you can go – I mean, there's obviously pitchers that are better than Blake Snell, but it's not a long list. Like, you know, former Cy Younger, he's not having a great year, but it would be hard to go find a pitcher that's better than Blake Snell. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so That's just like – and like you talk about, you know, maybe they're just going to trade, you know, Soto for another good player rather than try to, like, rebuild or something or get prospects back. But it's like – it's hard to find players better than Soto or Tatis or Machado or even Bogarts or Blake's and like, yeah. like it's hard to find players. Maybe they're not performing like they're supposed, but it's like, those are some incredibly talented players. So yeah. it's like, it's, all, it's almost hard to find upgrades, especially that are going to be available. Usually yeah. if you're a player that good, you're not up for trade. Like, yeah. yeah, So yeah, that's the other thing I think is a big issue with the Padres is it's like, yeah, we might find players that are having better years, but are they better players than those yeah. guys? Like, Yeah, it's, I don't know. That's what's going to be
0: interesting to me, just to kind of see how that plays out and how it works and what happens. Biggest question. I've been saying it all year. We've been talking about it all year. Trade deadline is going to be crazy. And it may, who knows, it could, not that it's going to be crazy the whole time, but maybe things start to happen here in the next couple of weeks and then another thing here and there until the very end of the trade deadline but there's so many questions with so many teams the cardinals the padres i think one team looking at it or a couple teams i think the cubs will be sellers because i think they started well and were maybe oh maybe they could actually make it work with this team but that has gone downhill quick the nationals will be sellers and that Oakland will be sellers, Kansas City will be sellers, White Sox will be sellers. That's five teams out of thirty. Like who twenty eight or I mean not twenty eight, twenty five teams are going to pick from five teams. Like there's no yeah. shot. In and a lot of those
1: teams have a lot of those teams have already been sellers for multiple years too. So yeah. it's not like they well, have they have left a ton ton left to sell, right? Like yeah, the A's have sold off the past couple of years. Nationals have sold off pretty much their entire yeah series-winning team, unless you, if someone wants to go get Steven Strasburg, oh. who I haven't even seen pitch in, I think, like, three years. Like, yeah. you know, Cubs have sold off everybody leaves, and so it's like those, yeah, those t- teams are the ones that are for sure seeming like sellers right now, but it's also, like, I don't know how much they have left to sell, so it's the 25 teams for five, with also the, like, I mean, those teams have sold the past few years, so What's it like? it's gonna be crazy to see. I think there's gonna be some fan races that are gonna be very upset that their teams decided to become sellers because it's like what the like we had a shot to go to the playoffs, like what are you doing? But Yeah.
0: So I don't know. I think there's a couple other teams that could get there. Like I think Colorado maybe, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, but like those teams are right there. Like, I don't know. And then on the other side, though, Detroit maybe. I think Cleveland could because they're kind of down bad. And I was thinking about when I talked about Shane Bieber, I was like, maybe Shane Bieber is actually a really good pick for them trying to move him this year. But I don't know. We'll see. Because they're 23-29, and 29, which isn't terrible, but definitely a losing record. They're just – their division is just so weak. So – Yeah, because they're only three. With being six games under 500, they're three and a game, three and a half games out of first place. So that's insane. Yeah, by no shot are they out of.
1: Yeah. The. Whatever. The. The the race right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I don't know what. Any anything else you want to touch on, or any other comments?
1: I I don't know. I think I'm good.
0: Okay. Closing closing thoughts, closing words, remarks.
1: And let's say for Casey, we'll say go Goems. Not this, you know, first half of the week, but after that. Um uh, should uh d f a Brian Cashman or <laughs> we're gonna start that start that trend and let's go Yanks, chase for twenty eight. Beautiful. Uh all I have to say
0: I will join you, Peter, in starting a new D F A. Uh, remark DFA John Moselock and let's go Cardinals journey for twelve. It's going to be beautiful. The journey has been exciting and very scenic. Lots of up and downs, <laughs> but anyways, this is the Broken Bad podcast. Peter and myself, we have enjoyed listen having you listen here today with us, um, and we hope you guys. If you guys liked what you hear. Hit that follow button. Show us some love. We'd appreciate it. Find us on the social media platforms and engage with us. We would love it. But anyways, until next time, I don't know, goodbye. I wonder to tie that in with baseball. Couldn't think He anything. did. Pee, he did a peace sign. I threw up but, the I like, but I wonder to yeah. I wonder, I wonder couple that with, like, I don't know let baseball live on for forever. I don't know. That sounded stupid in my head, so I knew it sounds stupid (laughs) saying it. So I'll work on that. We'll come up with something, but good night.